listening to Earth Oddity, a weekly odyssey into all the oddity planet Earth has to offer. And now, serving it up, are Christopher Tiny Sullivan and John Wong. Hello, everybody. It's Earth Oddity Podcast with Tiny. That's me. And John. That's him. That's me. (laughs) And we're here to talk about a bunch of weird stuff. But the first thing I want to cover is uh, the time changed. It did. I did not change the time on my alarm clock, so I've been awake since 3.30 this morning. <laughs> you don't use your phone. No, I don't use my phone. <laughs> That's the exact same thing Shane said to me when I told him this morning. I have a Lego Ninjago <laughs> alarm clock. Well, look, I as, can see the temptation. <laughs> I can see, I can definitely see the temptation to stick with the Lego Ninjago clock. <laughs> Let me explain to you why I have a Lego, Lego Ninjago alarm no clock. No explanation necessary. No, because I don't want to be I'm with you, dude. I don't want to be misgendered as a nerd. Okay. When I started working for Shane, I had always used my phone. Yeah, you know when I worked for myself. But then I was. Super, but then one day you saw the Lego Ninjago. No, clock. I was super paranoid about being late to work. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm working for somebody else now. If I hit snooze on my phone alarm working for myself, the only person that gets in trouble is me because I have to work harder and I'm behind right. and all that. But now that somebody else is signing my check, I need to be on time, right? Right. Hate being late anyways. So we had bought Thomas that alarm clock when he was probably in fourth grade so <laughs> he could start getting himself up for school, you know, because he is at the age where you need to start learning to do that, you know? Hmm. Note to self. So <laughs> <laughs> teach Eli to wake up for himself. <laughs> So I I confiscated it from him because I was like, I need my phone and a backup. And daddy needs this and he's going to use it for a little while. He's going to buy his own alarm clock. And I've yet to buy. I only use it now. I don't use my phone anymore. And Thomas has never been on time since. <laughs> no. He, out of all the kids, well, I don't know. Libby will wake up early because she's got to do her hair and uh, get gotcha. pretty and all that stuff. But uh, Thomas does pretty good, too. Usually he's up in the shower by the time I go up to make sure everybody's awake, of which Hudson is never awake. <laughs> So hasn't worked. We should have got Hudson a Lego Ninjago alarm <laughs> clock. But it's cool. It's a little figure. He can stand up or sit down. I keep him sitting down. Mm-hmm. And uh, you hit his head to like snooze button. It. Okay. And uh, so I hit his head and then you click it off on the back. Well, I hadn't reset it. Didn't uh, do it now. So I'll have to rely on my phone for tomorrow morning. <laughs> I'm just now thinking about that. Gotcha. I should have done that when I got home. So, yeah. So I've been up since 3.30. I was standing there. Butt naked. You're welcome, ladies, for that mental image. <laughs> and waiting for the shower to warm up. And Deidre pokes her head in the bathroom and goes, hey, do you know it's 3.30 in the morning? And I was like, no. And she's like, are you going to get back in bed? And I was like, by the time I get redressed. It'll be time to get up again. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, I, I, was ha- like, I hate it when you wake up and you look at your clock and you're like, well, I may as well stay up now. Yeah. But there's a whole 45 minutes of sleep you missed yeah. out on. Well, I mean, to me, I was like, it's not. It's just an hour. It ain't a big deal. I'm a grown man. We used to fight wars and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm not going to complain about losing an hour of sleep. 
but now it's caught up with me. Mm-hmm. Like right before you text, I was on the verge of falling asleep in the chair at the house. <laughs> well, we can we can get on with this then because you got to get in bed. <laughs> we got we got more important things than that to discuss, Tiny. Uh oh. The Long family has run afoul with the HOH, with really with one of our neighbors more than anything else. I mean, it was only a matter of time. Sure. Right. <laughs> we made it five years. Uh, Friday, Deidre texts me and was like, I have to tell you about a call I have with Denise. Denise is our neighbor that lives right beside us. Uh-huh. She's on the HOA board. Yes. She's the administrator of the Bell Mead Facebook group and all mm-hmm. that. And I'm I'm leaving work when she texts this to me on the way home. So I'm like, well, you got to tell me because if she comes over to talk to me or whatever, I need to know what's up. So Deidre sent me several screenshots of a text conversation she had and then was like, there's more, but I'll have to tell you when I take my lunch. She's like, you know, I'm working. I can't be on the phone. Right. Even though you're texting at work on the clock. Whatever, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and so... uh the gist of it is, is the neighbor who lives behind and to the left of us mm-hmm. last Thursday posted in the Facebook group. Oh, I think I think I know okay. where this is going. Okay. <laughs> is this about Jay Barker? Yes. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> have you already heard it too? Has it made it through the whole neighborhood? Well, I just I just I want you to know something. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's so funny hearing you say this <laughs> okay. because last Thursday we were in Pigeon Forge, uh-huh. right? Like partying it up in the mountains. Sure. Bluegrass, yeah. Dollywood, bears, all that. Saltwater taffy. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I happened to see that post in mm-hmm. my feed. Yeah. The, if this is the one you're talking about, this is the one that's like, hey, to the house. Yes. That's at the end of Bell Meat Circle. Right. Your dog is barking constantly. And I can hear it over the TV in yes. my house. This is ridiculous. Right. At which point I went and told Tara, hey, you should tell your brother when he comes over to let Beckham out yeah. that at night he should put him in the garage instead of leaving him out on the <laughs> porch because I think they're complaining about Beckham. Okay. All right. Well, no, they were complaining about <laughs> Jay Barker. <laughs> but when I read that post, I was like, Surely they're not talking about Jay Barker. <laughs> Surely they're talking about Beckham. Well, I was just like, <laughs> we don't live at the end of the circle. Yeah. You know, I was like, the circle's down here where y'all live. Right. I don't know who's got dogs down here. I didn't know who this lady was. I didn't know where she lived. I know everything about this lady now. I know where she works. I know how much money she makes per paycheck. I found out her whole life. Can't you find out a lot on her husband, though. Did you dig up some dirt? No, no, not really. I just wanted to be armed, I, you know, in yeah. case a conversation happened. So anyway, I bet you can find some dirt. <laughs> I don't think I'm supposed to be talking about this either. I'm just, I mean, it wouldn't be the... Most it wouldn't be the dumbest thing to be like, hey, lady, what do you say we just drop this whole Jay Barker thing? Because <laughs> I would hate for this to get out. Sure. <laughs> so uh, Denise called Deidre and was like, hey, they there has been a complaint made about your dog to the HOA, to Kim at the HOA, who mm-hmm. Kim it run, works for Duckworth Morris that runs the HOA. 
I've known Kim since high school. She went to Barry. I, you know, I fooled around with a few girls in Barry. I was quite the, quite the little lover boy over in Barry, Alabama for a little while, but not with Kim. You know, she's never my type. So, uh-huh. um, I've known Kim and, uh, and Denise was like, I, this is not a big deal. I'm at home all day, every day. I live right next door to you. Earl, who's Denise's husband, Earl's cool, got a ponytail, rides a motorcycle. <laughs> He's like, Earl agrees with me. We don't hear Jay barking excessively. So mm-hmm. like, you'll hear him occasionally bark. When I take my dog outside, he barks, you know, when he happens to be outside. And they're just like, well, yeah, we have a doggy door, you know, and he, he kind of stays inside all day long. John comes home for lunch. Thomas gets out for co-op at 145 most mm-hmm. days. He's at home in the afternoons. And Denise was like, yeah, I don't think this is a big deal. I just wanted to give you a heads up because, you know, that they may contact you, you know. And uh, and Dieter was like, well, you know, I mean, I just don't see him staying out there all day. He doesn't even like to go out of the doggy door. Did You know, we have a doggy door. He's kind of an inside dog. And she was like, oh, we're aware. Everyone's aware you have a doggy door because the lady – videoed him barking over the fence for 15 seconds and sent it to the HOA. Apparently, <laughs> I'm assuming he was barking because she was holding her phone exactly. up over the fence. He hates, <laughs> and if she was in the backyard making noise or something, I, you know, I don't know. She I would been, bark. I would bark. Yeah. If somebody was videoing me in my own yard. Yeah. And Jay hates everyone. You know that <laughs> yes. too, right? Except us. I'm usually good with dogs, but yeah. Jay never no. liked me. He's my guard dog. Yeah. I mean, I have a dog to alert me with. People are on the premises that shouldn't be, and that's anyone who's not alone. Mm. You know, I needed to go get my gun and handle the problem. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I want to destroy this lady because <laughs> she's. Best- Do we need to mobilize the Earth Oddity audience? <laughs> I've already looked up the property <laughs> records. <laughs> how many? How many? How many downloads do you get, lady? <laughs> well, apparently she works at home two days a week, and this must have been a day she was at home working. And but her post said she could hear him over her TV, so she might not must not have been working too hard if she mm-hmm. was watching Bachelor in Paradise or whatever. And Jay was disrupting it. But also, I, that's why you turn on the subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> and she said he was out there barking for four hours straight, and I just don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, I don't want my dog to be a nuisance. He was an outside dog his whole life until we moved here because we didn't want to annoy our neighbors because our houses are so close. You can hear each other cut cut a fart, you know I mean? That's <laughs> right. how close we are to each other. <laughs> and we didn't want him to be a nuisance. And most of the time, he's inside all the time. He likes to get on the furniture when we're not at home and take naps. And mm-hmm. That drives Deidre up the wall. But anyways, I haven't heard. I, Denise told Kim to disregard the complaint. Just okay. Like, don't worry about this. But, I mean, we heard through the grapevine that this lady wanted to give us a call. Now, how she got our numbers, I don't know. She may have more investigative skills than I do if she's hmm. got my cell phone number. But if she does, I mean, I mean, I'd just be like, well, if he's barking, call me. I'll come home and put him in the cage. My other thought was I would just take Jay over, knock on their door, and then shoot him right behind the ear and be like, <laughs> happy now? Yeah, I hope you're happy now. 
<laughs> just take a twenty my twenty two pistol right behind his ear on their front porch, <laughs> splatter blood all over them, and everybody will be like, "I hope you're happy now." He won't be barking. <laughs> he won't bother you anymore. He won't bother you anymore. Leave him in their front yard and walk off. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways, this lady. I'm getting. This is how it is. This is what to the point. I I'm buying a camera for my backyard, mm-hmm. not because I'm worried about people <laughs> doing anything. Just so you can prove that your dog is not the nuisance that right. she's making out like yeah. it is. And you know, like I said, if she was out there like smoking on the back porch or whatever, and he heard her while he was outside, he probably did bark. Mm-hmm. Or she's got a dog that was out there, or the people directly behind us have a big like golden retriever or lab or something. They kind of go back and forth, run up and down the fence with each mm-hmm. other when they're both outside at the same time. You know, he could have been barking. But then if you're going to be crawling up on the fence and holding your phone over to of video. Of course he's going to bark. He's going to go nuts. <laughs> That's what he does. And he's not going to stop for a while until he thinks the threat is gone because <laughs> that's what he does. I think she brought it on herself. Right. I guess. I don't know. Anyways. Did I don't she consider to- maybe, which I mean – you don't want to give the dog a treat while he's barking so that he thinks that he barks yeah, and he, he gets, gets a, a treat. treat. Right. But maybe, I don't know, wait for him to stop and then give him a treat. I don't know. I mean, the the thing to do would have been wait till we're at home, come over and knock on the door. Hey, your dog is going crazy. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I would have said, hey, I am so sorry. I won't have that happen again. And we don't want to be a burden on anybody. We're not those type of rednecks, you know? <laughs> And that would have been it. When the people behind us they, that were there before the people that are now, they had a dog that they left outside, and he would bark at night all the time. Mm-hmm. So I just one day the dude was in his backyard, and I was like, hey, man, I don't know if you know, but your dog barks at all hours of the night, and it wakes my wife up. Doesn't bother me at all because I sleep like a log. I just want you to know it's bothering my wife. He's like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. He's like, I'm so used to him barking. I don't even notice it anymore. He's like, I'll start letting him sleep inside. No problem. Mm-hmm. Me and that dude were cool for the rest of the time until he moved, <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> moved out. So that's how you handle neighbor problems. Right. I'm getting choked up. I'm so <laughs> mad about it. <laughs> well, I am just relieved to hear that it was Jay Barker and not Beckham. <laughs> It was Jay, <laughs> apparently. I don't see Jay being out there for four hours barking, though. Right. I just don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I mm-hmm. think she was exaggerating, and I don't like her. And I don't want to have to <laughs> fight her husband, but if I have to, I will. And I'll sit Jay Barker on both of them. <laughs> and he, I mean, he barks. When he was outside all the time, he'd bark all the time. Right. That's why we started That's why y'all brought him in. Yeah. 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 Of course. I was like, I don't want him bothering all these people, mm-hmm. you know, here in this nice up class, upscale neighborhood <laughs> we live in. Yeah. So that's it. I'm at war with a neighbor now. It's Hatfields and McCoys. <laughs> and already, you will win. Yeah. Well, first of all, I can see directly into her backyard from the second story of my house. Mm-hmm. I've already spied it out. I know where I'm putting my camera. All of that. I hope she don't sunbathe nude or anything like that, because I'm going to get it all on the court. <laughs> Maybe you do. I, I, I stalked her Facebook profile. So. Again, 
would really hate for this to wind up on a website somewhere. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and I don't know. I don't know what the privacy laws are. I would imagine outside of your bedroom and your bathroom, pretty much everything's fair game. I don't know. But it's a little weird to be filming over somebody's fence. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's a little psycho, if you ask me. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But, I mean, I agree with you, but I I wonder if the generation coming up behind us don't feel that way. Yeah, probably not. Because they've mean, grown they, up in a society where you're re- filmed, yeah. recorded all the time. Well, that would be the only thing that I, I first, if she were to ever call me or come over or anything like that, I, I, I'd apologize. But, hey, I don't want my dog causing you any problems. Mm-hmm. But I'd be like, did you video over my fence? Because that is weird. Like I would straight up <laughs> let her know that. I'm like that's like borderline psychotic behavior right there. Yeah, and then make a post in the Facebook group about it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> to the house on the other side of Belmead yeah. Circle. You might want to keep your blinds closed because she <laughs> likes to video people. <laughs> I would just if she's got a dog, she better hope it don't bark once. <laughs> <laughs> Not one time. <laughs> Anyways, so that's the drama. I'm the cause of Facebook drama. This is my first time really ever outside of uh, when Cash Money Audi Millionaire. <laughs> he said he lost a lost on. <laughs> they thought it was for real. Sure. This would have been a perfect time for him to be in the group when all this was <laughs> popping off. <laughs> Anyways, so we need to talk. About, well, what's been going on in your week? You have anything good going on? Ooh, uh, no. We beat LSU. <laughs> I was about to say that's huge. Yeah, but, but I worked another. I worked another weekend. So oh, yeah, another sixty-four hour week. No big deal. You, you know got to you pay for that gallon bird <laughs> trip. Got to pay for it. <laughs> I want to go on record and say that uh, Dallas Turner's hit on Jaden Daniel was clean. You know, <laughs> it was roughing the passer by the rule, but it was not targeting. Even though they showed it. 12 times. Sure. It was a great hit. It like was. 10 years ago, everybody would be like, that's an excellent hit. <laughs> yeah. Dan Marino took like 400 hits just like that in his career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now he can't spell his name. Right, he's fine, man. <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> he's fine. Dan's fine. But yeah, I was so glad we won. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And Georgia looked beatable. I don't know if you watched any of that game. I didn't see that one. They did. Missouri huh. played them pretty tough. I was very surprised. I I was talking about this uh, with, well, with Isaac, the neighbor's kid. <laughs> okay. He's a huge Bama fan. Sure. And I think we're, uh, maybe he knows a little bit more than me as far as X's knows. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, they're playing a two-deep fire zone right yes. here. They're rushing the outside edge. Uh-huh. Not the wildcat. <laughs> we only need a yard. Sure. <laughs> But anyway, but uh, well, I forgot what I was going to say. Okay. <laughs> oh well. Sure. Um, oh, I know what I was going to say. The team is—they're like—they look like a new team out there. Yeah. We, I mean, there's still some weaknesses. Sure. A, a few more penalties than I would like. Right. But they look like a totally different team than they did at the early in the beginning of the season. Well, I think if you check the tapes back in the first couple of games we mm-hmm. both were like hey it's a long season that your team will progress we'll get better as it goes everybody else was the dynasty's over yeah oh yeah time for nick saban to retire sure <laughs> no <laughs> no it's maybe not. not yeah it's not well i really if he does retire i want to hire that coach from michigan that was still in everybody's signs <laughs> have you heard about <laughs> no, all that i didn't hear that oh you have it uh-uh 
What do you do? Michigan had a low-level recruiting analyst or something like that who, of course, they say Jim Harbaugh didn't know what was going on, but he was going to away games Mm -hmm. and getting people to go to away games, sitting in the stands and videotaping like Michigan State all their signs on the and then like decoding them and then decoding them and then he would be on the sidelines during the game by the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Jim Harbaugh sometimes be like <laughs> they're running left or you know <laughs> they're going to throw the ball or whatever. Is that against the rules? <laughs> well, it's even more bizarre is that uh, they claim they shared the signs with teams that. Uh, like South Carolina last year beat the mess out of Tennessee, mm-hmm. scored like 62 points or whatever, because they didn't want to play Tennessee in the playoffs. Uh-huh. So they were doing that stuff too. They let this guy go this week. <laughs> it's really genius. Yeah. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure it goes on all the time. They were just, yeah. he was like Venmoing his friend's ticket money, public Venmo transactions right. and all that. He apparently had like a 500-page Google Doc manifesto about how they were gonna. Re- he was gonna restore Michigan to national prominence or whatever. <laughs> he didn't have that password protected. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> and you know this is this is why college football is great. All of this is exposed because Ohio State's coach's brother is a private investigator and apparently was investigating to see what was going on. Right, and all of it came out because of that. Very Alabama, Tennessee in the early 2000s, late 90s. <laughs> it's nice to see the rest of the NCAA catching up. Sure, right. And there's nothing they can do, really. You yeah. know, I mean, it's just other than let him go. Yeah. And the point that's made is you can know the other team's signs 100%, but you still got to stop them from executing. You know? Yeah. And also, you still have to tell your team. Yeah. Like, you got to. You got to communicate yeah. that to them too. Well, he was doing a very good job over there. <laughs> he also he wore uh, Central Michigan gear and was on the sidelines at the Central Michigan game. Their head coach Jim McElwain, former Alabama offensive coordinator, yes. former possibly shark molester as the head coach of Florida. If you've never seen those pictures, <laughs> and uh, worked at Michigan too as offensive coordinator for a while. He was on their sidelines. This guy, Connor Stallions is his name. Uh at night with Ray Ban esque sunglasses that had a video camera in it. <laughs> I wear my sunglasses at night. Yeah, video of Michigan's the Michigan State sideline during the game huh. to go back and go, all right, when they hold up this sign or when they you know cross their chest, that means it's gonna be a blitz or whatever. And right. Yeah, this is yeah, good old fashioned cheating. Well, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, buddy. <laughs> I mean, is that in the rule book though? Yes. Okay, you can steal people's signs during the game. So, like, if if Nick Saban's on the sideline mm-hmm. and he knows every time Brian Kelly's offensive coordinator holds up a fist, they're going to run uh, five yard outs or whatever. That's perfectly they can't, like, not act on that knowledge. Right. Yeah, but you can't but to have go video it, knowledge. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like you can't video people's practices and all that, mm-hmm. you know, which is everybody was super afraid was going to happen to us when they built all those condos around our practice I remember that. Field. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can only rent those out to diehard Bama fans. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, enough about that. I will just to, to end it, I will say there's, there's a small part of me that feels like uh, – 
if that's the case, maybe you should just find it like a better way, a more secret way to signal. Well, that's the whole point people have made is like that, it's, the, it's an arms race, right? Well, no, like in the NFL, they have the microphones in the helmet, mm-hmm. so they can just make the calls straight into the quarterback or the middle linebacker, whoever they designate. And there's no signs to steal, you know. Mm-hmm. For some reason. That's outlawed in college. You can't do that. Well, they should let them do that. I think this will be the impetus that gets that change, mm-hmm. which would be a whole lot better. And then me and you can go to work on like a secret transceiver. Yeah, right. That we'll lets just, us listen into that. Yeah, we're just getting a scanner. <laughs> and, yeah. and then we can sell that. And then we can go to work on like some kind of jammer to sure. stop people from doing that. Yeah, we need to have the jammer <laughs> ready before we release the other one. Yeah. Yeah. That's. It, it's we could stick a little Kool-Aid man on it. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be <laughs> that'd be hilarious. It's it's ridiculous that but the, the this is I love college football. Everybody knows it. The one thing I hate is we get lined up at the line of scrimmage and then we all gotta take a break and stare over at the sidelines, <laughs> then get back under center and make the call or run the play. If we had the microphones, none of that'd be necessary. Yeah. They, like, cut off. I can't remember when they cut off, but so much time left on the play clock, mm-hmm. and you got to make the call or run it. So, Could they know. not just stick, a like, an AirPod in their ear? <laughs> that's pretty much what they had. I mean, I'm sure they're going to – I'm sure it's going to, like, you're going to need a new one every game, but yeah. that's never stopped the university before. <laughs> yeah, we, we got money for it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, another funny thing was uh, oh, Saturday, Jacksonville State, from Jacksonville, Alabama, mm-hmm. um, and South Carolina played. And Jacksonville State could have won that game. That threw a late interception that cost them. But uh, it was Gamecocks versus the Gamecocks. <laughs> and Hudson came down and was like, what game are you watching? I was like, Jack State and South Carolina. And he was like, I've never seen this many cocks on the field at once. <laughs> nice. I was like, that's a good one. That's a good one. His mom didn't think it was funny. Of course. But I was like, Cox is an acceptable name for a chicken, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what you call them, mm-hmm. a rooster. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, all right, well, let's talk about news. What oh, kind of, yeah, there was some news this week. Yeah. Well, let me see. I got uh, – let me tell you the stories I got. I'm just going to – we're going to talk about Sam Bankman-Fried, and we're going to talk about uh, migrants in New York City, one of my favorite topics. <laughs> and um, – we're going to talk about a Washington State man who's gotten in a little trouble with the law. Okay. I have a story about a thief and Elon Musk. Okay. I have a story about green slime in New York City. Okay. But I was going to start with this one. Uh, speaking of Sam Bankman Freed, are you familiar with the Board Ape Yacht Club? Um, no. Um, fortunately, I. I, my membership was denied. <laughs> well, I rolled up there with a bass boat into yes. the yacht club. They wouldn't let me in. It's uh, the board eight. The board ape yacht club is an NFT project oh. where super rich people pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for these little JPEGs mm-hmm. of cartoon monkeys. Sure, and that. Somehow, some way, makes people cool on the internet. It's all money laundering. <laughs> well, they were having a some kind of event. I'm sure it was some kind of like big party. Sure, you probably had to have one of their NFTs to get in or something like that. But uh, visitors, they're saying that uh, the lighting at Ape Fest was causing severe eye burn. Ooh. because of unprotected exposure to ultraviolet rays. That'll happen to you. 
this comes from Fortune.com. Some visitors to a celebration in Hong Kong of the Bored Ape Yacht Club collection of non-fungible tokens complained about eye problems and blamed the lighting used at the event. Bored Ape creator Yuga Labs Incorporated held so-called Ape Fest during November 3rd through the 5th, including a brightly lit party. A number of people said on X that they experienced eye burn after going to Ape Fest. Okay. Uh, we are aware of the situation and are taking it seriously, a spokesperson for Yuga Lab said. We are actively reaching out to those affected to better understand the root cause. Adrian Zu, I can't say that name. <laughs> Come on. Zadungsuk. Nailed it. You got it. <laughs> he is known in the crypto community for providing chart-based technical analysis of digital assets, said on X that he had attended Ape Fest and was diagnosed with with Photocurtitis after okay. visiting a hospital. Uh, if I, I'm sure I said that wrong, but this no. this is a condition that occurs after unprotected exposure to ultraviolet light. My vision was tested as close to perfect with no serious cornea damage. Luckily, he wrote. But uh, Yuga Labs, they're be- okay. And it goes on to say that they're behind uh, Board Ape and also Crypto Punks. And the NFT market as a whole has crashed from its pandemic era peak. Creators and traders are also tussling over the appropriate level of royalty payments. Oh, but that'll get you every time. Yeah, that's just crazy. That I guess they. Uh, do you think maybe they just had like ultraviolet lights up everywhere and just blasting what people? It was. With- yeah, just blasting their retinas, <laughs> frying their yes. rods and cones. It's nuts. Yeah, that'll happen, but. That's kind of what you get if you go into a board eight. <laughs> you know, you got to know it's going to be in Hong Kong. There's going to be right. some weird stuff. Yeah. yeah. That, ain't, that ain't a part of you and I would probably be comfortable at, I would think. Well, I don't have, you know, $250,000 to spend yeah. on one of their board apes anyway. Yeah. Well, like, but for some, somebody could screenshot and steal from you. Well, okay. NFTs are, are weird because. I do think that NFTs, if the law could recognize like ownership of an NFT, mm-hmm. it would be like a proof positive way to like keep track of who holds copyrights on things, sure, or who holds a deed on property. But as it is right now, it's just like you said, it's just JPEGs on the internet, and yeah. people are going nuts and paying crazy. Well, they're not now. Because no, I think I everyone caught on that, hey, this is kind of stupid. Yeah, this is dumb. But there for a while, I guess, I don't know, when everybody... Well, apparently these people still are in on it big time, I guess. Well... What if all the board eight crabs corner cornering the market? The board <laughs> eight crowd is cornering yeah. the market on NFTs. I mean, I, I don't know. It's... <laughs> I feel like if you went out and spent all this crazy money and you got a board eight NFT and now it's it's like, you know, it's not worth anything what sure. it was. But hey, you can still go to the party. I yeah, guess you can get your I guess you go to the party, right? Get your eyes damaged. <laughs> but you got to stand in line at the bar behind you know, yeah, who are Beyonce behind Oakenfold or whatever? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> he was like a DJ. Oh, okay, all right. So. I'm not down with. I don't, I've never got into the DJ <laughs> scene. Yeah, I went to a few raves back in the day, but it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just like this is 
The guy's just standing there pressing play, essentially. Right. Yeah. I, I would rather see somebody play a guitar. It's just, it's nuts how I, I don't, I wish I did because, man, I would be rich if I did, but I don't understand like the marketing behind, uh, well, Yuga Labs. And, yeah. and it's, they're certainly the biggest, but some of these like NFT projects that somehow they are able to convince rich people yeah. that these, JPEGs are worth crazy amounts of money. And Those are new rich people. Yeah, well, waste their money point. on that. You yeah. know, the old rich people are like, no, no, we're not <laughs> going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I I can't say I feel sorry for these people. You know, like if you yeah. go somewhere and it's super bright, you might be like, let's let's go get our sunglasses out of the car. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. And I feel like you'd be cool if you wear sunglasses indoors at a party. That's what all the cool rich people do. <laughs> right. Yeah. They made a song about it. That's right. I wear my sunglasses at night. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's right. Who sang that song? Do you know? I have no idea. Oh, man. I don't know either. If only there was a way. Yeah. I don't even want to know that bad. Siri, who wrote I Wear My Sunglasses at Night? The Story of an Hour, a short story by Kate Chopin. <laughs> this answer is from AmericanLiterature.com. Uh, it needs to be... The series not good. Who recorded <laughs> I Wore My Sunglasses at Night. Yeah. Well, the series not that good at uh, Southern accents at the moment. <laughs> no, no, she's not. I don't even have a series set up on mine because I know she won't be able to understand me. <laughs> I can barely, when I listen to the podcast sometimes, I'm like, what am I saying? Like, I have to like rewind it. I get my words all twisted anyways, and I have this accent. So right. it's a bad combo. <laughs> I'm surprised people still listen sometimes. Let's talk about another rich idiot. Okay. okay. Sam Bankman-Fried is convicted of multi-billion dollar FTX fraud. He was convicted on seven counts. I don't know what every count is, but he got all seven of them guilty. A 12-member jury in Manhattan federal court convicted Bankman-Fried on all seven counts he faced after a month-long trial in which prosecutors made the case that he looted $8 billion from exchange users out of sheer greed. The verdict came just shy of one year after FTX filed for bankruptcy in a swift corporate meltdown that shocked financial markets and erased his estimated $26 billion personal fortune. The jury reached the verdict just after just four hours of deliberation. Bankman Freed, who had pleaded not guilty to two counts of fraud and five counts of conspiracy, so those are the counts, two mm-hmm. counts of fraud, five counts, counts of conspiracy, stood facing the jury with his hands clasped in front of him as the verdict was read. The conviction was a victory for the U.S. Justice Department uh, and Damian Williams, the top federal prosecutor, who made rooting out corruption in financial markets one of his top priorities. The crypto industry might be new. The players like Sam Bankman-Fried may be new, but this kind of fraud is as old as time and we have no patient for us for it, Williams told the reporters outside of the courthouse. Um, U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan set Bankman-Fried's sentencing for March 28, 2024. The MIT grad could face decades in prison. 
His defense lawyer, Mark Cohen, said in a statement that he was disappointed but respected the jury's decision. Mr. Brankman Freed maintains his innocence and will continue to vigorously fight the charges against him, he said. After Kaplan left the courtroom, Cohen put his arm around Bankman Freed and they spoke at the defense as they spoke at the defense table. Then Bankman Freed was led away by members of the U.S. Marshals. He turned around and nodded at his parents, the Stanford Law School professors, Joseph Bankman and Barbara Freed, who were seated in the courtroom's audience front row. <clears throat> Freed looked toward him and crossed her arms across her chest. I guess like a, I'm, I love you. So Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, this dude built a lot of people out of money. Yeah. Probably a lot of the same people that were at this party that you just described. <laughs> yeah. yeah, probably. <laughs> but how are they going to get the money back? There's no way to, right? It's gone. I mean, FTX, while they were insolvent, they it's not like they didn't have any money. Sure. So yes, people whose whose money was, was locked up in FTX, you're I can almost guarantee you you're not getting all your money back. Yeah. No, but, you'll never see it all. But you may get something back. I yeah. do know that okay, this is this is old school crypto knowledge, but like way back in the day. One of the biggest exchanges, it was, I don't think it was the first, but it was certainly the biggest for a long, long time. This was back when the Silk Road was big, mm-hmm. when people first started like buying and selling and trading Bitcoin because they were primarily using it to buy drugs yeah, off the internet. and everything else, <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, it was called Mt. Gox. And Mt. Gox was insolvent because there was a hacker, he figured out how to gain access to one of their wallets, and he was slowly siphoning Bitcoin out of there. Anyway, the point is, I think I want to say like maybe next year or year after, like all this is finally going to come to a close. But while the, all the people aren't getting all their Bitcoin back, like the Bitcoin that they will get back is probably it's going to be worth more than what they had at the time because the price of Bitcoin has gone yeah. up so much. Right. So I don't know what the future holds, but it it may be that not all is gone. The, but the main problem is, uh, I feel like a lot of people were were saying that this was like a failure of crypto, but this was just fraud, plain and simple. It's like you've signed up for an account on FTX and you wired them money and you bought Bitcoin and your account showed that you had Bitcoin or whatever it is, Dogecoin, whatever. But what Bankman Freed was actually doing was taking your money and then like wiring it to Alameda, trying to like, you know, prop them up. Yeah. Or... You know, investing in the Miami Heat sure. or doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, uh, that, yeah, it was just a, a like a Ponzi scheme. Yeah. essentially. Yeah, he was just spending it. He was yeah. taking your money, and rather than buying the crypto you wanted to buy and custodying it for you, they were just playing with your money. Right. <laughs> they were using your money. Well, uh, now you're my number one source for crypto information. <laughs> Thank you. Is where is Bitcoin at these days? Is it up, down? I know it's, for like a year or two ago, it was like super high, right? It's all time high as of now. I want to say it's somewhere around like sixty five, sixty seven thousand dollars a coin. Yeah. Last year, it fell all the way down to fourteen thousand dollars a coin. Okay. I actually bought in at eighteen. Okay. <laughs> but right now, it just passed thirty five thousand. So it's actually up one hundred percent for the year. Well, but 
you know the thing about crypto, if you don't like the prices, just wait a few minutes and it'll be different. Yeah. Like it's well, I mean, that's pretty it's much all extremely stops. volatile. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I I hope this dude goes to jail. Yeah, I do too. One of the greatest things which you posted today was the courtroom <laughs> sketches yeah. of himself and his girlfriend. His ex girlfriend. Yeah. Who looks like a ghoul in this <laughs> in the She looks like a female version of Gargamel from the Smurfs. <laughs> That's very good. That's really what she looks like. Now, she wasn't the most attractive lady to begin with. I was about to say. Not that he is either. I don't. Look, with all due respect to Ms. Caroline Ellison, she was... She was the CEO of Alameda, which was the trading firm that he was propping up. Right. Uh, she lost, which everybody lost money. Like yeah. the, the Luna, like the Terra, Terraform Labs, like the Luna blockchain ecosystem completely collapsed. And then to make matters worse, FTX collapsed. Right. And that's why, that's part of the reason, which I don't know if this actually came up in his trial. Caroline Ellison testified that he was having her sell Bitcoin anytime it got up above $20,000 a coin. Okay. Now, I don't know why. I don't know what it's thinking of, but a lot of people were thinking, well, was he trying to actively suppress the price of Bitcoin selling that much? It's weird. And I do know that when when everything, when all the dust settled and, and people finally started getting a peek at the books, FTX had virtually no Bitcoin on their balance sheet, which makes no sense. Why would one of the largest crypto exchanges in the world have zero Bitcoin? I mean, because the CIA is involved in all of it, right? (laughs) Maybe. Of course. Yeah. Of course they are. That's your answer for everything. Mm -hmm. That's my answer for everything, actually. It's all the CIA. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I I don't know why we got to wait till March. You know, I know there's a lot of legal stuff that happens, mm-hmm. but to sentencing, I don't know why you just don't do that right then. Like, hey, you're guilty. All right, you're going to jail for the next 25 years or whatever. It's doubtful that he'll get he'll get all the time, but he's facing up to a possible 115 years. Wow. Now, he was the second highest donor to the Democratic Party. Yeah. Therefore, I don't think he'll get 115 years. But do we know if this judge was appointed by Obama or by Trump? <laughs> I have no idea. That probably will play a factor in it. <laughs> um, oh, the co- one of the co-founders of FTX was a young man named Sam Trabu- Trabuco. Okay. Now, he quit just a few months after FTX collapsed. And he has completely vanished into the wind. Like nice. no social post, mm-hmm. yeah. nothing. And there's also been no, like from any from authorities, like no one has even hardly talked about him. Hmm. Like no one has come out. Like prosecutors were never like, "Hey, we want to talk to this guy." Right. Hey, so he just was able to. He bought a debt. He bought a yacht, and he just absconded into oblivion. Like I'm in international waters. What are y'all gonna <laughs> yeah, do? Who knows? You know what he named his yacht? What? Soak my deck. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds Mormon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hard to feel sorry for anybody in this. Mm-hmm. You know, except the people who lost their money. You know, right? You know, whatever they do to this dude's be fine. I doubt he's gonna be like. At Rikers Island in prison. He'll probably go to some nice, cushy little <laughs> you prison. You think he's going to have a face tattoo? Yeah, I doubt it. He's running with an Aryan <laughs> Brotherhood or whatever. He's in the yard pumping iron. Right. 
Yeah. I don't know if he he's Jewish. I don't think he can get in the Aryan Brotherhood. Oh, that's a good point. Is there a Jewish prison prison game? <laughs> I don't there, know. Do we know? <laughs> he's gonna uh, have to join the Latin Kings. <laughs> <laughs> the the Jewish prison gang, the Mazeltovs. <laughs> the, the Shaloms. <laughs> They're over there on the on the corner of the yard like spinning a dreidel. <laughs> <laughs> That could work. <laughs> some of the, you know, there's been some very ruthless Jewish gangsters throughout history. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. You know, they're not without their issues. So maybe they do have a prison gang. We <laughs> maybe. Just, we don't know about them because there's not a lot of Jews down here in Alabama. They're secretly running all the other prison gangs. <laughs> yeah. But people forget the University of Alabama was one of the few public universities in the South that allowed Jewish people to come. And you know, back during segregation, oh, and all, in our very early days, mm-hmm. like in the early 1900s, we allowed Jewish students to join and be part because we Alabama stands with Israel. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yes, yes, we've we've read the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, how about this for a headline? New York City green slime. New Yorkers puzzled by sludge oozing onto city streets. Okay, that's great. I'm going to New York in like two weeks. Yeah, well, check out this photo, dude. Let me put my glasses on. Okay, yeah, that does not look good at all. <laughs> that doesn't look good at all. It looks like a scene straight out of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Fluorescent green liquid ooze is oozing from manhole covers and sewers in New York City streets and sidewalks. Okay. The slime or sludge, as some have labeled the mystery liquid, was captured by Daniel Pantelo this week in a viral X post. So there's literal, literal green sludge bubbling up from the ground next to the World Trade Center right now. The caption read, people are walking through it casually. Sometimes a small crowd gathers around it and stares at it, he described in a follow-up post. Uh, this I is- would be the one that was staring at it. I don't think I'd walk through it. Yeah, trying to get powers. Yeah, just was like, man, what is going What is this? Yeah, you know what? This is the, isn't this the plot from Ghostbusters 2? <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> this isn't the first time New York City streets looked like the aftermath of a Spider-Man versus Green Goblin showdown, Gothamist reported when a similar goo infiltrated a Brooklyn subway station back in March. Fortunately, fortunately, the city didn't need to call Ghostbusters the likely source. Think less radioactive and more proactive. A disclaimer on the original X post reads, this is water full of green dye. Plumbers frequently use harmless fluorescent green dye to detect leaks in plumbing and sewage systems. Hmm. According to the National Park Service, dye tracing is also used to help scientists visualize how water moves from one place to another. Uh, Amazon sells several green water tracing dyes online with some touting highly distinctive and UV coloring. Says here that some of the, you know, and then of course this led to a big uh, uh, scuttle on X, people arguing about what it is. But they're saying here on Fox 5 New York that that's probably all it's it is. Probably. That's probably what it is. That's a lot of think- dye. <laughs> I don't think we've gotten like the little dude in the white lab coat to come out and put it in the test tube and test it yet. I would hope that'd be the first thing you do. (laughs) You see mysterious green liquid oozing from manhole covers. Get the guy out there with the white suit and a test tube and let's figure out what it is. (laughs) Right. That's step one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the good thing we're planning on going to the World Trade Center, you know, 
I'm excited about seeing it. Mm-hmm. Last time I was in New York, the actual World Trade Center was still standing. Oh, did did you get to see it? Yeah, we went up in it. I've never been to New York City. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. All I know is you don't buy salsa from New York City. Hmm. I learned that from Pace Picante commercials growing <laughs> up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do remember, I want to say this was, uh, I mean, this was just a few months after 9-11 happened. We yeah. went to Chicago, and they had the Sears Tower. I mean, yeah. obviously there's offices there, but the observation deck, they yeah, weren't letting get people up go up there anymore. because to there, too. I guess they were, well, they didn't let us up there. Yeah. Went up in the World Trade Center. We're going up in the Empire State Building. I've never been up in that, but, I mean, that's like a small mm-hmm. boy now. Everybody's huge. But I do want to go to the 9-11 Memorial, so it'll be kind of neat considering we went to the other one, which wasn't long after Osama bin Laden tried to park a rider truck underneath it and blew it up, you know, oh, like, yeah. did some damage. Mm-hmm. It wasn't long after that when we were there. So, yeah, that was probably 95. We were in high school, seniors in high school. So, hmm. yeah, me and Deidre. That's when I really was like, I'm probably going to marry Deidre. was on that trip because – our bus got delayed on the way. It broke down. We were broke down in a Kenny Rogers <laughs> for about 18 hours, and all these other girls were crying and throwing fits, and she was just cool. And I was like, all right, you pass the test. <laughs> <laughs> Why were we not able to get Osama bin Laden when he tried that first time? Well, <clears throat> all right, Tiny. I got something in my throat tonight. I don't know. I'm coughing a lot. I thought you were getting choked up about 9-11. 9-11 and the dog barking. <laughs> Two national tragedies. <laughs> uh, Osama Bin Laden worked for the CIA. Okay, everybody knows this. Everybody knows this. Mm-hmm. Bush did 9-11. Of course, they Clinton wasn't going to get him when they had him in his grasp. Mm-hmm. I wonder why they let all his family out right after 9-11, too, because he worked for the CIA. I mean, that's just how it goes. Everybody knows that. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. <laughs> Thank you, Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, Alex Jones told us this years ago, and they crucified him for it. Yeah. He was on the Bush did 9-11 thing from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So I don't really think any of that's true, by the way. Uh, I don't know why they couldn't get him. So I mean, he was persistent. Yeah, but he had it out for us. He did. And then, allegedly, we killed him and dumped his body out in the middle of the sea. Which, I again, I wish we hadn't have done that. I oh, wish really? We, yeah, I wanted to bring his body back here and have a, like, 37-city parade of it with all of us <laughs> standing on the streets, flipping it off when it rode by. In a, From a certain perspective, uh, I, I'm with you. Yeah. Like like the the medieval barbarian inside me, oh yeah, would want to put his head on a pike. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's make an example of it. But I can see them. You know, first of all, not wanting to leave a body for anyone to mourn. Like there's no right. grave site or anything yeah, for no. for his you know followers or people who believed in him to gather. Right. And then uh, also, I guess the. Uh, his supporters are going to be mad enough that he's been done in. Oh, yeah. Maybe they... Well, look, we ain't heard a whole lot out of, out of Al-Qaeda since then. You know, ISIS mm-hmm. kind of took over for a while. <laughs> I say, yeah, uh, 
ISIS or ISIL or whatever. Yeah, they, whichever uh, one mm-hmm. you want to call them. They picked up the baton yeah. and ran with it. Well, they did pretty good for a while. They're beheading people left and right, but they've kind of quietened down now too. Have they? I don't know. I thought they won. Did they win? I mean, aren't they the ones who are in charge of Iraq now? I have no idea. I don't know anything <laughs> about geopolitics. Hey, I thought, uh, it, look, I could be, I don't know, but like the Taliban, <laughs> they have, they're in control no, of, they, they did of win. Afghanistan yeah, now. The Taliban did win. They, you got to give it to them. Yeah. You know, scoreboard, they won. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I don't know about what happened. I I, I don't know. I thought we had like the Kurds armed and were fighting them, and I don't really know. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I'm, who knows? There's a part of me that uh, that wants to be isolationist, you know? Like, yeah, we've let's let's let someone else police the world for a while. We've been doing this for yeah. a while, and no one's thankful. <laughs> a lot of people think no, they all hate us, and a lot of people think we've caused more problems than we fixed. I think probably so. So maybe I we agree should with that. Let's let you. Hey, you think you can do better? Yeah, here's your chance. You well, do better. There is a part of me that's like that. Too. Yeah, I'm just like, look, y'all all hate us, but you're all cashing our checks. We're sending all of y'all, <laughs> and that's over with. We're gonna keep all that home. We're gonna fix all our roads. We're gonna get everything going. We're going to do that for about 25 years. Y'all blow each other up or whatever. Putin could take over Europe. It's fine. We're going to be happy over here. As long as he don't turn off the gas tap. <laughs> Look, well, we'll blow up a pipeline in a heartbeat. <laughs> We've already shown him once. Don't mess with us. <clears throat> we'll, we'll blow up your Nord Stream pipeline quick, quick. So, yeah. Anyways. I, did the- <laughs> Does that not make Europe mad at us too? Oh yeah, I think I think everybody <laughs> was like, "Dude, what are y'all doing?" Yeah. Well, we didn't want y'all caving in. Yeah, to his uh, y'all were all uh, big and bad. <laughs> we didn't want you caving in to uh, Putin's demands. Well, now you can't. Yeah, right. <laughs> and everybody's like, well, "We don't need it. We don't need it." And so we're like, "Well, okay, sure enough, y'all said you don't need it. Well, you can't have it now, <laughs> no matter how cold it gets." <laughs> sure. Yeah, and our president has no idea any of that happened. He's like eating ice cream. Just whoever's making decisions up there was like, "Yeah, we just need to blow this up." Hypothetically, yeah, if Trump had was still in power, if he had got, if he had, if he had won, whether the, he won and they and they took it away from him, or <laughs> if he won and he got it, I'm just yeah. I'm, what if he was the president, right? Do you think he would keep that quiet, or do you think he would have been in front of the cameras? Oh, I blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. Yeah, I guarantee you would have been. I honestly don't. I think that the rest of the world was really afraid of Trump. Yeah, you know because I mean we were all you don't afraid. know what he's going to do. Yeah, everybody's like he's going to get us in a nuclear war, and that's not a bad position to have when you have the leader of the free world. <laughs> <laughs> to be like an absolute madman. So everybody's like, yo, we got to chill out. He may <laughs> blow us all up. And so we're not going to invade Ukraine right now. Let's wait. Let's wait until yeah. the next guy gets yeah. in. Let's wait. Maybe they'll elect an 80-year-old senile idiot, and mm-hmm. we can do a thing. Yeah, he told a guy that, didn't he? Yeah. Like, 
Trump, I forget who he was talking to, but I just remember the headlines. He was like, I'll, that, blow, I'll blow up Moscow. Yeah, he was like, I'll, hey, you invade Ukraine, we're going to hit Moscow. Yeah. And maybe he thinks that there's only a 10% chance you'll actually do that. Well, right. that 10% will keep him from now, invading Moscow. If or I remember Ukraine. correctly, that's Trump's side of the story. Exactly. Yeah. That's But that's my point, right. is that he... he but that's believable. <laughs> yes. He would say that. He's like, no, we'll blow up your, your capital city right now. And he's the only president that would say that. <laughs> hey, he's sitting there going, say I won't do it right now. Say I won't do it. Say I, I got the football right here. Say I won't do it. That's- I'll do it and then go on TV and say the reason I did it is yeah. because it's woke. Right. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I watched that Shane Gillis special where he talks about him <laughs> yes. when we killed Abu Bagdad or whatever his name was. He's like, you know, he died like a dog. He's just like <laughs> tap dancing on his grave. Like yes. He was crying. <laughs> I liked it when Shane Gillis was like, remember when the president said we should bomb a hurricane? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, and old North Korea, you know they they calm down real quick. <laughs> if you got a crazy person in charge, <laughs> at least it has the appearance of being crazy. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. I don't think as a you know the most powerful nation in the world, China wasn't making a whole lot of noise. Everybody was being cool. Because you got a guy there that may blow you up just because he's an idiot and would do that. He did negotiate better trade deals sure. with China. Yeah. So yeah. that's fine. Whatever. It's it's cool. They He didn't play the game they wanted him to play. Mm-mm. And he was definitely crass. He said a lot of things that were ridiculous and hard to defend for anyone, although – all of my friends on Facebook love defending it. <laughs> I don't know that he was, uh, he will go down as one of the greatest presidents in history or, you know, like all my friends in Facebook think he mm-hmm. is. But uh, he had some positives too. He's definitely funny. Yeah, he's definitely he's entertaining. The, the funniest president ever, <laughs> followed by George W. Bush. Yeah. And Who wasn't trying to be funny? I don't know. I think George Judge Bush actually was kind of just a funny dude, too. Mm-hmm. He's just like an old frat boy, like to goof off with his buddies. So, yeah. Anyways, that's enough about that. We have no idea about politics. Let's stay in New York. They got okay. the green sludge, right? They do. They got migrants coming out of the woodwork. I'm going to be excited to see. <laughs> Thank you, Ron DeSantis. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, what's the Texas Governor Abbott? Yes. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for sending them all up there. <laughs> but they said they were a sanctuary city, and we we're like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, all Here right. Here you go. Here you go. Let's put your money where your mouth is. And now they're all like, it's a crisis. We have too many. Uh, <laughs> we can't support these people. And all the towns in Texas are like, yeah, that's what we've been saying for like two decades now. And y'all have been like, you're all a bunch of racist bigots. So mm-hmm. whatever. Um, now they got a taste. But, you know, Diversity is one of our greatest strengths in America. Um, we do love a strong, thriving migrant population. And sometimes there's some positives that come along with it. Like this uh, from the New York Post. Migrants are behind a boom in New York City's red light district, Eric Adams says. Oh, huh. Yeah. Mayor Eric Adams has blamed the rise in prostitution in, in a Queens neighborhood 
on an influx of female Venezuelan migrants who are struggling to find other work in the Big Apple. Huh. Now, I don't think we have queens on our list of places we're going to visit, but we might have to add them now. (laughs) Talk to Deidre about that. Uh, The surge in illegal activities taking place on street corners in Corona is just one example of how the nation's ongoing migrant crisis is crippling the city. It's unclear whether the Venezuelan migrants that the mayor referenced are being sex trafficked to perform these acts or if they are soliciting sex of their own free will. There's probably a little bit of column A, column B there. I would think so, too. It's rarely one or the other. Um, This is what happens when you create an atmosphere that people can't provide for themselves. You can't work. You can't provide for your job. And you have to turn to illegal activities to do so, Adams told reporters during a Tuesday briefing. When I talk about the spiraling impact of how this is going to affect our city, this is what I'm talking about. We are going to create generational problems based on the failure of the national government, and this is one example of that. Adams added that another of these red light districts has emerged in East New York, Brooklyn, where he said prostitution is overt during the day. An employee of one Queens business told the Post Wednesday that the area was brimming with migrant prostitutes and had tripled in recent months. You have Chinese and Colombians out there, but it's mostly Venezuelans, the employee said, adding that he could tell based on their accents. Hmm. It started four or five months ago, she continued. Uh, Oh, she could tell based on their accent. Sorry, didn't mean to misgender this anonymous (laughs) uh, worker. Uh, It started four or five months ago, she continued, from 70th Street all and all over Roosevelt Avenue, there is a lot of prostitution. A nearby business owner said that while he had seen an influx of women working the streets of late, he wasn't sure if they were newly arrived asylum seekers. There is more, a mixture of everyone, Asians, Latins. I see them day and night, but more at night. I leave at nights, and they're at the corners, he continued. I don't know if they are new or not, he added, referring to the immigration status. Another store owner said he, too, had noticed an increase, but only in prostitutes who appeared to be Asian. Hmm. Um, All right, we got some pictures here. (laughs) All right, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, I see a lot more Chinese on Roosevelt Avenue, but not more Latins, he said. You have families who come in here. It's not supposed to be like this. It's like a strip in Vegas. I've been here for 25 years, and this is the worst I've seen it. Okay, last time I checked, mm-hmm. like uh, Nevada is the only state where that's legal, right? That's correct. So I'm guessing is this just a problem that if it gets to a point, the cops can't do anything? Well, I think on the level of crime in New York City, prostitution is probably right, way, way down on the list, on the priority list. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't really know. I'm mm-hmm. going to go. I'll do a, a on a on the street report for us. <laughs> But I would think people selling crack and stealing and all that is probably higher on the list. Assault, all that. Mm -hmm. Muggings and whatnot. Um, But yeah, Um, I mean, it's a sanctuary city. These people should be able to do whatever they want to do, right? (laughs) We've told them it's okay to come here. Let them, I mean, sex work is work. Let them make their money. As long as they're paying taxes on it. Sure. Right. I'm sure they are. That's the tiny rule. Yeah. I'm sure in all cash business like prostitution, they're paying their taxes. Of course, these people are being honest about it. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, I hate to say it, but uh, you get what you get sometimes, you know, like this is what you wanted. So here you go. Like when my mom said, you made your bed, now you got to lie in it. That's right. No pun intended, prostitutes. <laughs> yeah. And um, I find it hard to believe that there's not enough jobs in New York City for people to do. I mean, that's a huge city, right? There's got to be. Yeah. You got to get a job down to Subway, you know, rolling sa- or making sandwiches or something before you go standing on a street corner. My guess would be that maybe they can make more. Oh, I'm sure they can. Which is sad. But Yeah, it is sad, but it's supply and demand, really, is what it comes <laughs> down to. We're in a free market system here, so if there's a lot more, the price would go down. Mm-hmm. No, maybe the more prostitutes they are, it will they come to a state of equilibrium where it's not as profitable to do that as it is to work, you know, cleaning hotel rooms or doing whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I I don't say that because Latins clean hotel rooms. I say that just because there's a lot of hotels in New York, so there should be plenty of work to do that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know, but I'm looking forward to my trip. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. I will, I'm very happy to report that uh, if there's a problem with that in the in Gatlinburg, then it is underground. <laughs> it is uh, underground. <laughs> is uh, Gatlinburg a sanctuary city? <laughs> I think not. Probably not. <laughs> if I had to guess, probably not. Yeah, the worst thing that Gatlinburg has is people trying to trick you. <laughs> I say trick. People trying to get you to invest in a timeshare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yes. the worst. I think I've told about Deidre and I going to the timeshare presentation yes. on our honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was wild. That was extremely wild. I told Terry when we first got there, before we come home one day and Mama had got us all kinds of tickets for stuff. Sure, you're like, we're gonna- I told Tara, I was like, if we're going to do anything, we're going to have to listen to some presentations. That's right. <laughs> it's so expensive. It's very expensive. And uh, the timeshare people are ruthless. They are. And I can never, as, as Tara's husband, I, I feel like it's my responsibility to see that she never is in some kind of timeshare presentation. Yeah. Because she'll sign so up she'll, in a heartbeat. This is the greatest idea ever. <laughs> yeah. Now, I bought three. <laughs> now, I'm making money. <laughs> I just have to go out and convince nine friends to do the same. That's right. Um, yeah. Uh, I think universally we all know timeshares are a bad investment. Mm-hmm. But people still sign up for them. Yeah. If you have a timeshare and you're listening, please call in and tell me about your experience. Mm -hmm. I don't understand it. You know, like, even as a young, naive newlywed, I was like, this is not a good deal. You know, like, I don't see the benefit of this. But they put the press on you to buy it, though. Oh, yeah. They about won't let you out of there unless you say yes. (laughs) I was ready to punch the lady if she wasn't going to let me go. I was like, I will fight you. But we don't even own a couch. You're trying to get me to sign up for three weeks in the mountains? No. Well, this is going to be my last story here. Nike clad thief says that Elon Musk controlled his mind during supermarket shoplifting spree. Okay. Now. Neuralink. I was about to say, I think this is ridiculous. 
Not because I don't think Elon Musk can't control his mind. Okay. But because he's uh, shoplifting from a supermarket, not trying to tear down Facebook's headquarters. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Like if somebody punched Zuckerberg on the street and said he was controlled by Elon Musk. Everybody would be like, I'd be like, you know what? He he might have done that. (laughs) That's plausible. A man told a court that Elon Musk is controlling his mind through a chip implanted into his brain. Rick Hodgkins, Rich Hodgkins from Margate, Kent, told the court that the chip was controlling his mind, claiming that it was this control that sent him on a crime spree. The 44-year-old ransacked, ransacked five shops, including Morrison's, Savers, Iceland, and Aldi, Man, he was all over them. All dollar twenty five eggs. He got some scattles instead of skittles. Yes. <laughs> over the two day spree, he smashed bottles in one, downing bottles of wine in another, and stuffing bottles down his pa- his pants. Uh, Hodgkins refused to accept responsibility for the crimes and instead blamed Musk for his actions. However, he later later pleaded guilty at Margate Magistrates Court to five counts of theft. Hodgkins, who has previous convictions for stealing. Well, where was Elon Musk during yeah, those? Right. What was Elon doing that? <laughs> was he doing those too? Maybe he just figured out Elon's controlling oh, him. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, he was sentenced to 168 days in prison. However, he was released immediately due to time served already on his remand. Prosecutor Terry Knox said, I was informed that the basis of the defense was that at the age of four, he had a chip of some sort inserted into him and he was being controlled by Elon Musk to commit these offenses. The court heard Hodgkins went to Morrison's in College Walk, Walk Margate and smashed two bottles of alcohol on the floor. He walked into Iceland and stole four cans of beer. Solicitor Gemma Adams explained that he was homeless at the time of his offending and drinking heavily. Chair Magistrate Imagine David, that. Yeah. David Graham. Chair Magistrate David Graham said, We have taken into account your guilty plea, albeit on the day of the trial. For the five charges, there will be 28 days imprisonment for each of those offenses. So that's 140 days for the previous single theft from a shop offense. There will be another 28 days imprisonment to run consecutively. He was ordered to pay prosecution costs of 650 pounds as well as 1697 in compensation on two of the shops from which he stole. Okay. So, well, you know, uh, he's creative (laughs) in his defense. Yeah. But it's also something that's been running through my mind um, um, with uh, all of the our Calvinist friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if I were Calvinist and I were to cheat him on my wife, I could just be like, the Lord predestined me to do this, right? <laughs> well, there have been people who have tried to argue that. Yeah, like, I don't have free will. Right. So, clearly, I didn't choose to do this. Mm-hmm. The Lord made me do it, right? Yeah, but it's just, it's not, it's not... What am I trying to say? It's not like practical. Like, I get it. Like, okay, what about scientific determinism? Okay. What about it? Like, is it true? I don't I don't know. My, I don't know either. I'm agnostic on all of it, <laughs> on all of this theology. Because here's my question. Like, uh, like as far as predestination, how's that really that much different from the law of causality? I don't know. You know? I don't know. But has anyone ever tried that as a defense? I don't think so. <laughs> like, like your honor, 
<laughs> Everything that happens is the cause of a previous effect. Sure. So clearly it's all the effects in my life yeah, that, that led, led me, me up to this point. Yeah. That's why I've done all this stuff. There's probably been <laughs> a defense for some, you know, like low-level criminal right. who's robbed and been poor his whole life, mm-hmm. and, you know, because his daddy was in jail, you know, he he started robbing and all of that. It's not right. really his fault. There's probably been a defense like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just kind of, and like you said, I have no idea. Right. But I feel like somehow, some way, like, yes, the decisions we make are heavily influenced by our environment and probably lots of other stuff too, Mm -hmm. but we're still responsible. You know, that's just kind of been my take. But if you don't have free will, you you're not really making decisions. Well, I think you have a free will of a sort. Like, obviously, you can't just. Now, I believe we have free will, by the way. (laughs) Well, I believe we have free will, too. But you don't have free will to fly like a bird. You can't. There's there's still checks on your on what you on your will. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Yes. I've always been one that I think free will exists. Mm -hmm. I've heard people go. Free will doesn't exist until you receive salvation. I've heard all kind of different explanations for this. I'm of the opinion that free will, like, I believe we have free will as far as like day-to-day decisions, but Mm -hmm. I think it, it, on larger questions, it's possible that it may be an illusion. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. It blows my mind thinking Mm -hmm. about it, but... I'm I'm a firm believer that we have free will. Now mm-hmm. I don't know how that fits into God knowing from the beginning of time who's going to heaven and who's not and right. all of that stuff. I have no clue. But as I see it in my own life, I have free will. Mm-hmm. Because I choose to sin more than I care to. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And I don't believe God decided at the beginning of time uh-huh. because he's a holy God that he wants John to sin in this specific area or whatever, you know? Yeah. I don't think that's true. But you believe in original sin, though, don't you? I do believe in original sin. In a sin sin nature? Yes. Well, does that not absolve you of... I mean, hey, I have a fallen nature to sin, so of course I sin. That doesn't absolve you. Then why do I even need to ask forgiveness? (laughs) You know? Exactly. That's That's why I'm saying it doesn't make... It doesn't make sense. Like, I don't understand it logically in my brain. Right. I am just of the opinion... That yes, we we act the way we do for all sorts of reasons. Yeah. We're still responsible. We still bear that responsibility, right? Like because we have free will, <laughs> <laughs> because we can choose to do things or not do things, right? Yeah, I can choose to sin or not sin. Yes, I really believe that. But you have a, a like a draw, like if that makes like I think. Like yes, it's your it's your free choice whether you're going to sin or you're not right. going to sin. But I feel like uh, there's a a will there, a nature yeah, that's kind of that. that's kind of trying to get you to yeah to, to get me to sin yeah or or just to act out of uh, self interest yeah I think know? my desire yeah. my innate built in desire yes. is to sin like right? if you give if you give a tiger the choice between a salad and maybe some vegan turkey <laughs> yeah. or or a steak right. He's going to make that free choice and choose that steak because his nature is a tiger. He's right. a carnivore. Yeah. Yeah. But he could choose not to. But he's not going to. But he could. <laughs> Hypothetically, he could, but right. he won't. 
He might. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> well, I I think I do. <laughs> I don't I don't think I he would will. Say, I think you know with what I would say almost a hundred percent level of certainty. Mm-hmm. But until that choice happens, you don't know. Well, that's true, right? Right, but like a robot's going to follow its not which that, that's a terrible thing because we're not robots. We're not robots. Yes, I, I've thought about all that too. But are we biological? Like you know, like I feel like if Richard Dawkins was here, he he would say, "Well, in a sense, we're biological robots. We follow our DNA." Yeah. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I have the desire to sleep with many women. Yeah, many, many. Mm-hmm. Many women. All right. I mean, just about all of them, if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah. Everyone. I think all women are beautiful. Yeah. I think all of them are hot. All of them are sexy. Okay. That's my desire. Yes. I choose not to do that against my <laughs> desire. Do you? Yeah. I do. I do. Okay. It hurts sometimes, <laughs> but I do. Now, that is akin to. To the tiger choosing a salad, mm-hmm. right? Right. Well, so in a that, sense, like like that choice can happen. Like I choose to be faithful as well, mm-hmm. but I shudder to think what would happen if I, yeah, to to keep the tiger analogy here. Yeah, if I stepped into my hotel room and there was a buffet, oh, on display, yes. I shuddered to think right. what my what I would do in that well, situation. That's largely why I keep myself unattractive. <laughs> this it's you're doing that for Deidre. Yeah, right. That's for Deidre. <laughs> yeah. If I was good looking, I would, it would be all over with. I I a whole pizza. It was for you, Tara. I did that for you, baby. I'm doing that for you. I'm eating ice cream at 11 o'clock at night for you. That's for you, baby. Yeah. So. I don't know. All of that blows my mind. Yeah, mine too. And I don't understand the people that are like, you know, I know 100% one way or the other. Yeah, I don't think that. anybody knows 100% well, one way or the other. If you talk there to some Calvinists, who, they'll they'll pretty much tell you. Well, obviously. I and mean, there's yeah. people on the other side too. Yeah, definitely. But, like, I'm with you. Like, yeah. I don't think any of us completely like have, no. have it all figured out. Yeah, I think when we get to heaven, like I've said, mm-hmm. I, I imagine we're going to have a question and answer session. <laughs> I know it's not going to be like that, but in my <laughs> illustration, yeah. that works. And God's going to be like, yeah, y'all were looking at this all wrong. Mm-hmm. you know. And we'll probably all be like, oh, yeah, we're a bunch of idiots. This is clearly how it works. You mm-hmm. know, We just couldn't see that in our finite human brain. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's fine. We kind of went off the rails there. I did go. Yeah, how did we get there? I don't get there. I don't know. I will say my first question would be like if we did have a question answer segment, I'd be like, is there any room for free will within the confines of scientific determinism? Okay. Predestination, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Right. Like how does how do the two coexist? Like how how does that work? I have no idea. I don't I don't know either. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I've often leaned on i think that um god's foreknowledge we interpret it sometimes as predestination you know mm-hmm. but i don't know you know like i'm not smart enough to really know anything like right. that and to even discuss it intelligently but but <laughs> here we go <laughs> how did we get here uh here's my question like how, if like i believe god has foreknowledge sure 
But how does he know if he had no part in writing he, it himself? Well, because he exists out of time. Yes, I agree. Right. And so, so in a, so in a sense, he has seen the end, right. and the middle, and the beginning, right. all at the same time, all at the same, time. everywhere from yeah, all at once, right, all at once, <laughs> whatever that movie was, and all the choices we make, <laughs> yes, and everything else. But if God occasionally inserts Himself into said reality. Mm-hmm. And causes things to play out a different sure. way, which I think he does. I, I agree. Yeah, like how that that still kind of makes him the author, in a, in a sense of the. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So in that instance, mm-hmm. and I guess you know, if you move a chair in one timeline, it messes everything <laughs> up. You know, right. whatever. That's why. Look, God, he can he can go back in time and step on a butterfly if he wants to because he knows how it's going to play out. True. But if we ever find ourselves back in dinosaur times, yeah. we can't do anything because we might mess it yeah, all we up. Might mess it all up. Maybe so. <laughs> I, the other thing is like, you know, God is God and we are man and um he can do what he wants to do, yeah. you know. And I think a lot of times we try to put our human brain as as fascinating as our brain. We're brilliant people. I mean, top food chain, the the <laughs> pinnacle of his creation. Yes, but even still, we're not even a a decimal point of of his capability, right? And, and understanding and being able to comprehend that, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I don't know. I forgot to tell you about going to the Episcopal Church on Sunday. <laughs> oh, okay. I saw some pictures. Yeah. It was very nice. It's very a pretty. beautiful church. Yeah. Beautiful church. Mm-hmm. I almost made me want to join just because it was so pretty. <laughs> just because they had some really cool architecture. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. They yeah. had stained glass windows from the 1800s in there. Oh, dang. I mean, it was beautiful. Um, they do a lot of standing up, sitting down, responsive reading. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a nail. Of course, Deidre is like, we need to sit on the second row so we can see our beautiful daughter. I tried to tell her we need to be further back so we can follow everybody. <laughs> so we'll know what to do. There's a few points where everybody was kneeling down and we were, the whole Long family still standing up like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> I went to the first service. It by sounds like I'm Baptist. What does liturgy mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> I went to the first service by myself at 9 a.m. that Libby sang at because yeah. uh, nobody was ready to go. And Libby was like, oh, how can y'all not come see me? You know, she's being dramatic, little mm. teenage girl. Gotcha. And I was like, that's fine. Daddy's got you. It's fine. I put on my church clothes, went down there. Um, and I sat midway back. I've kept up pretty well with everything that was going on, standing up, kneeling, and all that. Well, then the second service, Deidre messed it all up. <laughs> but the first service, they did a baptism. And uh, I almost spoke up. and was like, <laughs> that's not how they did it in the New Testament. <laughs> like, Look, y'all going to have to dunk this young lady right here. Um, but they had to recite like this baptismal creed, I guess, where you like renounce sin and Satan and everything. It was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, that's that's pretty awesome. I, I really liked it all. Um, yeah. But uh How I did, did they do baptism. Uh well they sprinkle. Right. Yeah. And uh they brought the girl up. The girl, she was six years old, and uh up in front of the church. They only baptize four days a year, basically on the high holidays, essentially. Hmm. You know, so it's All Saints Day. Right. They were celebrating All Saints Day on the Sunday after All Saints Day. 
Easter, the Epiphany, and I can't remember what the other one was, but... <laughs> If your church sprinkles, how awesome would it be to do it with water balloons? <laughs> what if you went forward at church and yeah. presented yourself as a candidate for baptism, but you didn't know when it was coming? <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of their like uh, baptismal, like whatever resuscitation they had to say, resuscitation, not resuscitation. <laughs> I'm thinking of the EMTs up there. Like, yeah. Trying to zap somebody with AED. Made it sound very works-like, you know. <laughs> right. But then I was like, if y'all are only doing it four times a year, it can't be works-like. You got people dying all the time, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I just think that's part of probably just handed down. And they're, they're big on their book of prayer, you mm-hmm. know. This is what we've done for since, I don't know, whenever. Whenever. Yeah. But uh, they uh, I didn't take communion either time. Because huh. I wasn't going to let a lady serve me communion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too Baptist for that. <laughs> and uh, I'm kidding. I was just, let me say, I will say this. This is the one thing that disappointed me. And and I, I'm 100% kidding about the lady doing it. Uh, you know, they take communion every Sunday. Okay. You know, a lot of churches do mm-hmm. that. They were very flippant with it. There was a lot of giggling going on with people up there <laughs> kneeling down, and the preacher was like talking and all that. And I was just like, seems like y'all aren't taking this seriously. <laughs> like, this is supposed to be a serious, very solemn thing, you know, a, a time of reflection on the sacrifice of Christ made for us and everything. And Paul said some people died from it. I know. Back in the New Testament. That's times. why I was like, I, we, we ain't getting involved with all that, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the church that we joined, they take communion monthly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I say this as a joke. Maybe there's like a, a grain of, of truth to it. There's a small piece of me every time that's like, am I going to die? <laughs> like, Because I'm not right. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, there was, I mean, people were just like having conversations in the middle of it and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this doesn't feel right to me. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm not trying to step on y'all's traditions. So I will just won't partake in that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just very like, yeah, we're just going to come up here and people are like elbowing each other and cracking jokes. And I was just like, that's just what you do. I was like, dog, y'all, <laughs> I don't think y'all understand how serious this is. <laughs> It's like, now we had to bow our heads when the cross came down the aisle and be all reverent on that. And now right here with Holy Communion, yeah, people are giggling and stuff. I didn't like it. I didn't <laughs> like it one bit. I almost stood up and said something one time. Yeah. Like, y'all better get right now. Do y'all remember what Paul said? <laughs> you uh, know, our Catholic brothers and sisters think this is human flesh and blood right. up here. <laughs> Yes. And at the very least, it's just a representation of that. So <laughs> yeah. we not, might need to take it seriously. Uh-huh. That was the only thing that disappointed me. Other uh-huh. than that, I really liked it. They had a cool pipe organ. That was awesome. First service, we sang This Little Lot of Mine. I was big on that. <laughs> I think because the six-year-old girl was getting baptized during that service. And uh, that was the only hymn we sang that I knew, though. Okay. So, yeah, they didn't. They weren't singing victory in Jesus or amazing grace or anything like that. So, yeah. or uh, my chains are gone. No, yeah, no, no praise and worship. You ain't going to see a guitar up on the stage at that place. Yeah. But yeah, it was fun. I All enjoyed right. it. So, anyways, do I have another story to do? We, I'm ready to don't jump into Cajun Curl okay. if that's where we're going. That's fine. I, I don't, I have no clue. We, 
<laughs> we went to outer space and back. I know. Uh, <laughs> it was out of nowhere. John was like, yeah, this guy, does he have free will or doesn't he? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, and me, I'm like, well, he he does, but he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's really where I fall at, too. You know, like, yeah, you do, but you don't. <laughs> right. But you do, mm-hmm. in a way. But then also you don't, in a way. You do, but you don't. But you're responsible Either way. (laughs) You have to pay either way. (laughs) But I don't see God making me sin either. No, I don't think so either. But I think it was like Adam and Eve, I think they had true what they would call in in Latin, passe peccare, passe non peccare, which is the ability to sin or the ability not to sin. I think they had true uninhibited free will. Okay. Classic church doctrine is that since the fall, we now have a sin nature okay. whereby we're responsible for we're morally responsible for our actions, but our nature has a slight bent to act in self-interest and in sin. But you don't have to. No. Yeah. You don't. Right. But again, if you give that tiger a choice, what do you think he's gonna choose? He's gonna be with his wife. <laughs> If he's a good moral person. Yeah. Right? Well, he should. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see me coming home after cheating on Dieter going, God preordained this from the foundations of the earth, me cheating on you. Right? Right. If you have free will, you should check out Cajun Curl by (laughs) Evelyn Spice. You should also check it out if you don't. And if you don't, the Lord has foreordained you to go and pick up a, a jar of uh, Cajun Curl by Uvalda Spice. Check them out at their website, CajunCurl.com, where you can order the spice right there on their website. It was created on the Elm Bayou in Evangeline Parish, Louisiana, and it's a seasoning that goes on everything. If you like cooking or eating, this is a spice for you. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice goes well with chicken, beef, pork, potatoes, and anything else you can think of putting it on. Cajun Curl Bayou Blended Spice on anything will change your life. On the website, CajunCurl.com, you can order the original Bayou Blended Spice. You'll also find recipes that are absolutely mind-blowing. You can locate your nearest retailer or order your own. And if your local grocer doesn't carry Cajun Curl, ask them to start stocking it now. Here locally, it's available at the Piggly Wigglies in Taylorville and on Learning Wallace in Northport, Mark Smart in Northport, South's Finest Meats, and Bowles Fresh Market. All their products are made in the USA, so not only do you enjoy the taste of Cajun Curl, but you also feel patriotic while you enjoy your meal. It's all natural, low salt, and has a little kick to it, but it doesn't burn your lips. World-famous Cajun Curl Bayou London Spice. Taste the spice, but not the heat. Check them out at pro, at, uh, at CajunCurl.com and use our promo code EOP10 to get a 10% discount. Because we ask that you use the spice, but we don't ask you pay full price. That's right. All right. We don't have any uh, voicemails this week, but we do have some questions. Okay. So we'll go straight into that. And now it's time for Ask John Questions About Stuff. Our first question comes from... 
The Driver, he says, what's the worst song to play at a funeral? My vote would be Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. <laughs> Another one bites the dust. <laughs> this is a good one. Yes. <laughs> um, Highway to Hell. Yeah, Highway to Hell is great. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, those got to be the top three right there, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. I'm trying to think of... Uh, <laughs> P.O.D., remember them? Yeah. They had a song, I Feel So Alive. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I forgot about P.O.D. <laughs> um, yeah, I was trying to think of something stupid that would just annoy everybody. Yes. Like Life is a Highway or yeah. something. Yeah. Ooh, this is a good one. Okay. <laughs> is it about free will? <laughs> well, piggybacking <laughs> of our free will question. It's different, but I think it's every bit as deep a, a, a subject. Uh, Cash Money Oddity Thousandaire asks, does water witching sticks work? Yes. I've seen it work. Is it witchcraft? No. (laughs) Well, how does it work? So Deidre's Pawpaw, Mm -hmm. Thomas Herschel Ham, a great man who's went on to be with the Lord. Um, He could witch for water. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I don't know exactly how it works. I just know he could do it. It makes no sense. Yeah, but he could do it. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, he could do it with a willow branch, or he could do it with dowsing rods, too. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know now why Now, the dowsing rods is when you got the L shape. Yeah, the two and, little, like, And they cross yeah. when you get over water. Uh-huh. But now, not everybody can do it, right? No, not everybody can do it. Huh. But it is something that can be done. It is 100% true. I would stake my life on it. Don't some water witches also use a pendulum? Maybe. I don't know. I could be wrong, but yeah. it seems like I've heard they'll walk around with sometimes some people yeah. walk around with a pendulum and it'll either they're swinging it or it'll start swinging yeah. when they get over water. Well, uh, and I mean, there's a lot of things like that that I know are true. Mm-hmm. Like my uh, Uncle Ronnie, shout out to Uncle Ronnie. He could mumble away warts on your hand. Deidre <laughs> had an uncle that would buy warts and, from you. You know, like if you had a wart, he'd mm-hmm. give you a dollar. As long as you didn't spend it, the wart would go away. Uh, I've known people that could, uh, if you burned yourself, they would, you know, like burn your hand or, or your arm or whatever. They would get it close and mumble over it and it would go away. And yeah, all that stuff works. That is bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. It is bizarre, but it's true. Hmm. And, I, I, you know, yeah. How do you think we found wells before then? I have no idea. I thought maybe it was the dark arts. Maybe no. we were communicating with demons. No, I don't. I think of it more like uh, um, it's, it is uh, a thing that we, that a few people know how to tap into, hmm. you know. Like, like, are you not okay? Are you talking about like extrasensory perception here? Something a lot akin to that. Okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I've heard it skips generations and all that. I don't know. You know? Huh. I've read a lot about it. If you ever get a Fox, have you ever read Foxfire books before? I've heard of them. Foxfire books one. are amazing. Okay. I love them. I recommend everybody get them, teach you a lot about how to live off the land and stuff. Uh, I've read in there that it, it uh, skips generations and stuff. And, hmm. Yeah, yeah, people can do that stuff. That is bizarre. I wish I understood it because, like you said, it seems to work. Like, I mean, 
I don't know. Is there is there any kind of standard by which we can judge people who do this? Like, can you get one water witch that's really good, and then one that that's not good? That you spend a lot of money to dig a well, and then there's, <laughs> there's nothing, nothing there, there because you got the budget, the budget water witch. <laughs> you picked a, down a Dollar General. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. But I, I have, with my two eyes, mm-hmm. seen Deidre's granddad find a uh, water. Uh, we had a busted water line because. Deidre grew up right next door to her grandparents. There's just a barn in between them. There's mm-hmm. all on the same well. She drank well water. They still drank well water her whole life. And we had to find where it was busted. And he went out there and did it. And we had to dig it up. And, and he had a, he had, you said he was using a wooden yeah, rod. Yeah, he had thousand rods. Okay. But I have 100% confidence he could do he it. He could with use the, the other stuff too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because mom had a willow tree in her front yard. Huh. and But she didn't want him to cut, cut it. But then, we ended up trying to prune it one time and killed it. Can't really prune a willow tree like you can a lot of other trees. We found out. <laughs> uh, is this something? Is this a skill that can be taught, or is I don't this think like so. just something you got it or you don't? Yeah, I think you just know if you can do it or if you don't. Wow, I have seen my uncle Ronnie Mumbaloy warts. Mm-hmm. He's not really my uncle, by the way. He's like my second cousin once removed, but he's like my mom's age, so we always called him Uncle Ronnie. Has science ever tried to? Explain this or look into this at all? Faith, they science ain't gonna look into all that. <laughs> they ain't gonna do none of that. It just exists mainly in the South and Appalachia, I think, more than anywhere else. Oh, really? Is this yeah. something specifically akin to the Southern United States? Well, I think, and maybe it's just because I've grown up around here. Okay, but I don't. You don't hear people in other parts of the country talk about folks mumbling away warts. Or, well, no, but or speaking I mean, out fire or whatever. But I mean, like you know, what did the Mongols? Did they not have a way to find water? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. To me, if I had to guess, mm-hmm. a lot of this came over with the Scotch Irish, okay, you know, or with the Irish and the Scots when they mm-hmm. settled all Appalachia down in the south and. It's just been something that's kept alive. I've heard, and and this actually, well, I guess it makes a little more sense, but there was a tribe, if they needed to get water, they would catch a monkey mm-hmm. and put him in a cage and give him a whole bunch of salt Yeah, and then let him go and, and then follow him. the monkey to water. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that too. But, th- but that makes more sense to me than... Yeah, than water witching. Well, I mean, it's like it's like uh, hypnotism. Have you ever looked into that? Well, I've never like looked into it. Looked into it. When I say I when I say looked it. into it, I mean like did some Google searches, tried to try to figure it out. Get hypnotized, and I've always been like, I don't think that'd work on me. See that I feel the exact same yeah. way. And one time I I you know Wikipedia everything, YouTube videos. I was like. Is this for real? And yeah. every it's a, there was a general consensus. Everything I found was like this seems to be a, a real thing, and science has no idea why yeah. it why some people are more susceptible to hypnotism than others. Why some people are able to hypnotize people and other people aren't. Yeah, it just seems to be a thing, and we don't really know why it is the way it is. I've talked about Doc Roberson, right? You have. Okay. Amazing. It is amazing. I've seen all that with my two eyes before, too. Mm-hmm. Scout's honor, 100% true. And he explained it to me of, I just always knew I was different and I could do it, you know? And <laughs> now, that was his only explanation. I now, his, like, his thing was you could put acid on him and he wouldn't burn. 
Oh yeah, but he did a whole lot. I mean, he he did more stuff. I know you said that sometimes he would, uh, someone could lose their keys and he would know where they're at. Yeah. Uh, my cousin Jay, Ronnie's son, on mm-hmm. his first date, he gave him an envelope. His first date with his now wife, he gave him an envelope and told him not to open it until his wedding day. And Jay opened it on his wedding day and it had the date they were getting married on it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. It is crazy. But I believe. But you get, I mean, I believe you're real, but I'm just the skeptic in me is like, well, if you give out enough envelopes, you're eventually <laughs> going to get it right. <laughs> I think, all right, I'm about to get way out there. (laughs) I feel like this is the episode for this. (laughs) I think, number one, they say we only use 10% of our brain. Okay. I've heard that, too. I've I've also heard that that's just kind of an old baloney statistic. But anyway. I'm using that as an illustrative point. I got you. Okay. Okay. Um, That there are certain doors that are open in certain people's brains that aren't open in others. Hmm. I also believe that God created a perfect world and we fell into sin, but there are still elements of that perfect world there. Oh, so like maybe we could do all this in the garden and now we can't. Yes, but some people still can't. Not because they're like less sinful or anything else. (laughs) Right. They just have the predisposition to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, like there is a uh, an entire you know who knows what all could have happened before the fall of man. Mm -hmm. So I think it's some sort of combination of those two, and that's right because I've seen it with my own eyes, and I can't do any of it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. All I can do is crack fart jokes on a podcast. That's <laughs> the only thing the Lord gave me. So he didn't teach me. I do, or I did have a set of dows and rods, and I I would try it, and I just couldn't get it. You know, hmm. you know, I just it wouldn't work for me. So, is it possible that old professor? Is it possible that uh, maybe the reason he knew your cousin was going to get married is because he could. Uh, he was like causality, like maybe he could uh, view life as one big chess game, Possibly. saw one move leading to the next, and that's how he was able to predict. Possibly, things. he did stuff that blow you away. I mean, he did. I, I know I've talked about it all. Before, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But it would leave your jaw on the ground. <laughs> a lot more than pouring hydrochloric acid on your hand. That's like baby. That's like a parlor trick. That got him on TV though, didn't yeah. it? Oh yeah. So, so that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They had to take it off of air because they didn't want people to try it at home. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching it as a young, young man, him and his little white man Afro on there doing it. Huh. So yeah, that's wild. He's with the Lord now too. Shout out to you, Doc. You know I'm talking about you. I guarantee you. Do. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But I was about to say, was he a Christian? Yeah, I think and he's so, a Methodist. So I mean, if that counts, <laughs> <laughs> of course I think it does. But uh, me too, of course. I, I was wondering, like, if if his faith, if that maybe had any kind of, uh, I don't know. If if I wonder if if. Like you're like I wonder how that fit into his worldview and what I, he thought about the world. You know, I never had a, a conversation with him about that other mm-hmm. than I was just he was just like all my life I've I was I've known I could do this stuff. I'm a Jedi. 
Essentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And I would I'd put Deidre's grandfather in the Jedi category too. Mm-hmm. He's one of the most coolest dudes you would ever know. And I, I think about him a lot. Because he, he could find water and he could do all kind of stuff. He's just I've a cool also dude. heard that uh people use that to find bodies too. Maybe so. I don't know I don't how know. reliable it is, but I've also heard of People using that to, yeah. if they're searching for somebody, yeah, they'll use that to try to find a person that's missing. I, I don't know. I've never heard that, but mm-hmm. I, that's plausible. I'm not talked about Doc finding his brother that drowned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you did mention that, right? No, but he wasn't using thousand rods. He's just using his brain. Yeah, he just knew. He just knew because he killed him. He didn't kill him. <laughs> I'm kidding. Car accident. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyways. All that stuff's real. Faith healing's real. Mm-hmm. I don't think like the Benny Hinn. <laughs> you don't think Benny Hinn's for real? No, but like, you know, mumbling away wart, speaking out fire, all that good stuff. I think mm-hmm. that stuff's real. Right. I know that it's happened to people. Hmm. And yeah. So. Well, next question <laughs> comes right. from that's our Bobo. He says, have you ever forgotten about Dre? Never once in my life have I forgotten about Dre. <laughs> yeah. Not since eighth grade when I discovered Dre. Yeah, uh, nobody has ever asked me about Dr. Dre, and I'm like, who are you talking about? Right. He's probably the most famous doctor of all time, if I had to guess. Yeah. Um, the first Chronic album is a work of art. <laughs> the, <I've, laughs> it, it, it is. You it can't is. really argue with that. I mean, you ain't going to put it on a youth group or something like that, mm-hmm. but you can listen to that album from track one all the way through without stopping and. Every bit of it is entertaining. It's perfect. Every note, every little skip they do in between songs, it is perfect. (laughs) Yeah, it's beautiful. Next question comes from Cash Money Oddity Thousand there. Why should I take off my hat during prayer or the national anthem seems kind of dumb. Also, the whole uproar over kneeling during the anthem seems stupid, too. Okay. Well, you don't have to. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I would say there is something for keeping up traditions. Right. I think in the olden times, you know, you uncovered your head as a sign of respect to people. You know, like everybody wore hats. So right. It was like the way to go. Mm-hmm. You, know, you entered a building, you took your hat off because you're in somebody's house or you were at church. I remember getting in trouble as a kid for wearing a hat in church. And I was like, what's this big deal? You know, God don't <laughs> care about this or whatever. <laughs> And, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But I think as I've gotten older, you're just like, you know, there's nothing wrong with showing respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you'll never go wrong showing respect, I think. I do think the uproar over kneeling at the anthem was dumb. It was way over. Yeah. Overboard. Yeah. It was dumb because it is America and mm-hmm. you should be able to do what you want to do. And if you want to kneel during the anthem, you want to sit down there and anthem, you want to stand on your head during the anthem, that's fine. But you'll never go wrong being respectful. Right. Ever. That's a good rule for life. Like, it seems to me the polite thing to do is, you know, to stand for the national anthem. Right. But part of what makes America great is that you have the freedom yeah. to to do protest, to, to disagree. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so. it, it just do what you want to do. If you mm-hmm. want to sit down during it, it's fine. It's fine with me, you know. But personally, and how I teach my kids, you know, we stand at attention. We put our hands over our heart, you know, because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And that's what generations of Americans have done. And we're going to do the same thing because that is a tradition that doesn't hurt people. 
You know, some traditions are bad. Slavery was a tradition <laughs> that was bad. Not all traditions are good. I'm not saying that. But traditions that don't harm anyone, I think, let's keep them up. That's fun. That's a tie to previous generations and your ancestors. And some generation or some traditions are dumb. Yeah. And you should do them anyway. Yeah, right. I agree. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. Yes, they are. There's a yes. lot of dumb traditions, but we do them because what's it doesn't hurt anyone yeah. to do them. Yeah, it doesn't hurt me to do them. Even though when I was 15, taking my hat off at church was like the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I've probably argued with my parents a million times about it. But as an adult, I was like, that's stupid. Like, all I had to do was take off my hat. It wasn't an issue. wasn't a big deal. And know? it was nice that your parents didn't try to fire you yeah. from your NFL team sure. for not taking off your hat during right. church. Sure. <laughs> right. Now, Colin Kaepernick is not a quarterback today in the NFL, not because he was kneeling. It was because he was an average quarterback. I, look. I am. I have a sneaking suspicion that if he was awesome, yeah, and he was running the ball for yes. touchdowns five a game, right, he would be playing with somebody right yeah, now. Absolutely. If Colin, <laughs> Ka- all right, one of my favorite football players of all time is Michael Vick. Okay, <laughs> I love Michael Vick. Yeah. The NFL loved Michael Vick. What he did with the dogs was wrong. I admit that. <laughs> and he got in trouble for it. But he was so good, the NFL is like, doesn't really matter. <laughs> You're great. And it's a shame that he lost some of the prime years of his career to that. Can you just keep your mouth shut? Yeah. Not talk. He was amazing. Just get on YouTube tonight and watch Mike Vick highlights (laughs) from Virginia Tech on through the Falcons, the Eagles, all of that. And you'll be like, this dude's phenomenal. Like, he is a great quarterback. (laughs) And, yeah, if Colin Kaepernick was great, he would still be playing today. But when you're average and you're causing a big uproar, of course they're not. They're going to be like, well, there's somebody else with the equal or better talent that we can sign above you. And he's so, not – he's far less controversial. Yeah, right. Yeah, we don't need all that baggage. Yeah. So we're just going to sign whoever, Chase Daniels, to mm-hmm. be our backup quarterback and not you. And that's fine. That's <laughs> prerogative of an employer. And the employer's like, you're going to be fine because Nike's going to sign you a big check anyway. Yeah, you're going to do – he's done very well for himself, and that's fine. I don't hate him for kneeling. That's fine with me. I was not mad about it. I didn't boycott the NFL. I like the NFL. It's a lot of fun. But if he was Michael Vick, he would still be playing. <laughs> right. He never – there wouldn't have been any stop in it because Michael Vick was amazing. I love him. I will never apologize for loving Michael Vick. Uh, and then I guess we'll just end on this one. We've actually got two questions that are they're the same thing. Nicole asked, what is your favorite fall festival candy? And C. Payne asked us, what are the best and worst Halloween slash fall festival candies? So okay, I guess we go uh, top three and then worst three. Uh, yeah, I mean, my top three Tootsie Rolls, well... Reese's Cups, number one. Reese's Cups is my number yeah. one as well. Tootsie Rolls, number two. And then, oh, I don't know, this is a tough one. I might go mini Snickers. Hmm. I'm a chocolate guy. Yeah, I like chocolate too. Yeah. I would probably go, 
Reese's Cups, M&M's, and Skittles. Okay. I'm a Skittle fan. You like the Skittles? I do like the Skittles. I don't hate Skittles. I, I prefer, like you said, uh, chocolate. Yeah, I like chocolate. Yeah. But uh, I do like to occasionally get some Skittles. Okay. Now, worst. Worst. It's got to be those orange and black things we discussed last <laughs> yeah, podcast. Those are terrible. I still will eat them. <laughs> um, those are bottom. Next to bottom, Twizzlers. Ooh, I'm not a fan of Twizzlers either. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll eat them. There ain't much I won't <laughs> eat, by the way. Twizzlers is one of the few candies that I'm like, nah. Oh, yeah? I- I'm good. No, nah, if they're there, I'll eat them. They're just mm-hmm. last in the bowl before I get to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and number three, third worst, mm, that's a tough one. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a big Milky Way fan. Because that is just a, a Snickers without the peanuts. Right. You know? Yeah. And yeah. So I'm going to go Milky Way. Huh? Mini Milky Ways. I like Milky Ways. Um, this is, I mean, I guess we're talking specifically about Halloween Fall Festival candy. But if we were just talking about candy, I'm not a fan of jelly beans. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not. Ooh, now, I love look, a jelly okay, bean. I'll eat jelly beans. Yeah. But I'm not, especially mm. if you get like one of those black licorice ones. That don't even bother me. Oh, man. Licorice doesn't bother me too bad. Mm-hmm. But I love jelly beans. They're just a sugar rush. It's straight <laughs> sugar. I'll take it any day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you just, I'll kick back hundreds of them in a sitting. You know what? I'll go with, I'll go with uh, Laffy Taffy. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I Which, don't like uh, Laffy Taffy either. Again, it's not, a, you know, I like him better than Twizzlers yeah. and, and those little... I don't like sour <laughs> candy. I could have went Sour Patch Kids. Now a lot of stuff's popping in my head. Mm-hmm. I don't like sour candy at all. What Thomas about warheads? It. Don't like warheads. <laughs> I don't want... I've, I don't get y'all that are into like, I just want to suffer through eating something. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Not my deal. So. Well, now, okay, again, now this is this is more like a Valentine's thing. And speaking of, I haven't had any in forever. But Red Hots, remember those? I remember Red I Hots. I like those. Those are good. Do you remember Boston Baked Beans? No. Okay. They were like, they weren't Red Hots, but they, they uh, were similar. Well, they were like a little, they were just a little candy. I used to get them at Foodway all the time. Huh. Shout out to Foodway with my dad <laughs> when I go work with him. Well, not work with him, probably just annoy him all day long. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Hmm. Well, that'll do it for questions. A good question session. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> what, but one thing that we do need to do before this show ends is we need to thank our patrons. We thank y'all so much. We would like to thank by name those who donate at the 10 or above tier. And those fine individuals are Mr. Shiny Disco Balls, Mr. Shane White, Mr. Chris Payne, the driver. Ms. Jane Updegraff, Ms. Sherry Heron, Ms. Sharon Craig, Mr. Tyler Bond, Mr. Todd Glover, Mr. Daniel Hedrick, Mr. Derek Reeves, Ms. Nicole Walter, and Mr. Mike Wilcox, a.k.a. Mick Will. Mick Will. Seriously, thank you guys so much. If you would like to become a patron, you can head on over to patreon.com slash earthoddity. We have several tiers, but the $5 tier gets you Earth Oddity Extended, which is a whole extra show we do after this one. Speaking of extensions, what do we got coming up the extension this week? Well, I didn't do my last story, so I may do that one about oh, the Washington man. Okay. Now that I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's better than my other one. Uh, I have a story about the Florida Booty Patrol. Okay. So you don't want to miss that. <laughs> I think that was what you called my senior trip down there in Panama City. 
<laughs> you got anything else? No, that's it. Well, you've been listening to Earth Oddity Podcast, and we thank you so much for listening to us, no matter where you get us. Whether you get us from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, we're on them all. If you would like to email into the show, we are earthoddity at planetbell.net, or you can head to our website. You can submit emails straight from there. That is earthoddity.net. If you would like to tweet at us on X, we are at underscore earthoddity on X. We post our show art sometimes, Instagram candle. I'm posting it this week as a promise. (laughs) Underscore Earth Oddity on Instagram. We have a Discord server link in the show notes, and we have a phone number that you can call or text. What's that phone number? That is 662-493-2059. 662-493-2059. We hope everybody out there has an excellent week. Earth Oddity for the French Radio Network signing off. Love y'all. Bye. has been a very odd production. Thanks for listening. Welcome, patrons, to Earth Oddity Extended. We are so happy to be here with you guys Freeloaders are gone. It's just us. Just the good people. (laughs) We're all cool.